The following podcast will contain spoilers and explicit language. Hello and welcome to episode 108 of Yeah, It's That Bad. My name is Joel. And I'm Martin. This is a show that looks at supposedly bad movies and asks the question, is it really that bad? And what that boils down to is that we look at movies that are on Rotten Tomatoes and reevaluate that score. Does it really deserve to be that low? Tonight's movie is 1986's Gothic, directed by Ken Russell, starring Gabriel Byrne, Julian Sands, Natasha Richardson, Miriam Sir, and Timothy Spall. Gothic is a 1986 horror film. This film currently holds a 50% on Rotten Tomatoes. How about a plot synopsis? Story of the night that Mary Shelley gave birth to the horror classic Frankenstein. Disturbed, drug-induced games are played, (laughs) and ghost stories are told one rainy night at the mad Lord Byron's country estate. Personal horrors are revealed, and the madness of the evening runs from sexual fantasy to fiercest nightmare. Mary finds herself drawn into the sick world of her lover Shelley and cousin Claire, as Byron leads them all down the dark paths of their souls. Okay, Gothic. Tonight's movie was sponsored by Danielle. And Danielle writes in and says, Gentlemen, please, oh, please, oh, please, can I request February 12th for my movie review? That's the week of my 40th birthday. And it would be such a great present to hear y'all's take on one of the most bizarre movies I've ever seen. Back in high school, a few of my friends and I got together for a slumber party. We decided to watch a horror movie. Being high-minded literary types, we picked Gothic, which purports to be about the night that Mary Shelley conceived the title character of her novel, Frankenstein. Scary, right? Plus, it's got some great actors who became well-regarded stars. Well, it's been more than 20 years, but I still chuckle when I think of what we actually saw that night, and I'm hoping that you guys will find it as awesomely terrible as I remember. Thanks for the last, guys. You rock, Danielle. Okay, Martin, Gothic! What is your issue with this? Nothing. I I never have heard of this movie. I don't know anyone who has. I mirror your sentiments. Exactly. I feel as if you asked me that question, I would have said the exact same words. This, I I guess, uh... This is a gem, a hidden treasure? Yeah, I... I, Or? Was it it an abysmal bomb that busted our brains? Did we unearth the devil accidentally? (laughs) Tune in to find out. Tune in tonight, here. Yes, at Bad World Headquarters. You may have noticed, Martin, but uh, the third chair in our triumvirate lays empty. The room is totally dark, but there's a single spotlight on this one <laughs> empty chair in the room. Kevin didn't come to our big recital. He's, I, he's a deadbeat father. He didn't show up. I can't believe he didn't do that, and he never showed up for my baseball games. <laughs> Ever. You may or may not know this, Martin, but the East Coast was recently battered by apocalyptic-level storms. Again. Again. <laughs> again. Here we are again. Yes, that bad world headquarters has survived the night. I know. We had to actually bust down the door to the yes, that bad library and burn books in the fireplace to keep the apocalyptic level cold out of our we actually had to run away from the freezing cold just like in the day after tomorrow to get a that helicopter home. that was hovering over the yeah, at bad world headquarters <laughs> all the time it's usually always yeah it's, it's just always yeah to, to see if they can catch us leaving <laughs> to figure out our identities we, we we watched it happen the cold froze the steel and it just shattered killing <laughs> killing the pilots <laughs> 
you know, and you may be thinking to yourself, oh, Kevin's not here. Maybe he got hit by the blizzard. You'd be wrong. You'd be dead wrong. Instead, Kevin, he claims to be sick right now. Uh, you you said that like you, like he may not be sick. Like you have some doubt about that. I think Kevin is the ultimate coward and refuses to watch this movie. Okay, let's do what we always do at the top of the show. We'll discuss the actors one by one and we'll see how you thought they did. First up, Gabriel Byrne. My first exposure to this guy was in HBO's In Treatment. I thought that he was really good in that role, and he's in a lot of movies. The man likes to act. He's a great actor. Don't hold that against him. He's a great actor, and I don't understand. Don't hold that against him either. I don't understand what <laughs> I, I don't I don't understand what he's doing in this movie. I don't even know what role he was supposed to play. I guess he was Lord. He was Lord Byron. I don't know anything about Lord Byron. So Lord Byrne. Yeah, Lord Gabriel Byrne. So I I mean I don't know if he acted correctly. I mean, he's a great actor, so. Yeah, here's another one of these instances where we're gonna come off sounding like a bunch of uncultured swine. We spent too much time playing Nintendo and not enough time reading those Wizard of Oz books. <laughs> so, the things you talk about in this movie went right over my head. Have you ever read a Lord Byron thing, even in school? The Don Juan poem, I guess, is probably his most famous piece, and I don't think I've read it. I've never read Frankenstein either. You? No. I saw Young Frankenstein. Does that count? Yeah, that counts. I, I think I saw an episode of Ghostbusters where they had to stop Frankenstein? The animated, the real Ghostbusters. It's close enough. It's the same thing, I thought. Yeah, so this is a movie that's talking about all these things and all these characters that really existed. And I guess there's there's supposed to be like stereotypes or like exaggerations of real people. Right. I don't know who any of them are. So they might as well just be fictional characters to me. Well, I mean, like, we do know about Frankenstein from watching Van Helsing. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the definitive resource for all Frankenstein-related matters. Exactly. I feel like I was watching another version of Helsing the movie. It had all the characters. Oh, by the way, I like Gabriel Byrne. Usually he's a pretty good actor. I didn't really care for him in this. I blame the character and not the man. Hmm. He's a good actor. You want to see a good Gabriel Byrne movie? Check out a little film I like to call Miller's Crossing because nobody else calls it that. Only I call it that. Oh, what did the Coen brothers call it? (laughs) That movie with Gabriel Byrne in it. (laughs) Okay, next up, Julian Sands, the warlock. (laughs) What? She was a warlock? No, what do you think of him? He was the blonde-haired guy. I found him abrasive. I thought his acting was... Abysmal? Yeah, like a joke. It's a real joke. He's a real joker. I didn't care for him. I, f- I found him annoying. I'm inclined to agree with you, but what about the healthy amount of beef we saw this guy? He was naked every other scene. Remember when he was on top of the, on top of the manor? He had a pretty beefy buttocks. <laughs> this guy's dancing around naked on the rooftops. No? That doesn't give you some stars? Extra uh, bonus points? Maybe it gives me... Um, does it give you pause? It, all right. It causes pause and it gives me maybe a two out of five chubs. Yeah, I don't know. I, I wasn't really impressed with him in this instance. His character was kind of obnoxious. I guess but maybe that was the point. Next up, Natasha Richardson. She was Mary Shelley. Like, I thought that she was okay, but when I, whenever I saw her acting next to Gabriel Byrne, I was like... <laughs> this is the uh, the Tilda Swinton versus Keanu Reeves yeah. principle all over again, right? I was like, oh, yeah, she's not that good. <laughs> she's not holding her own. Yeah. You liked her accent, though. Yeah, I did. I liked her accent. I thought that she was attractive. Her her acting just like in comparison to Gabriel Byrne though was like very apparent that she was just not in the same league. Oddly enough, she's the only person in this movie that didn't get naked. Isn't that interesting? It's Pretty tragic. much everybody was running around nude, even left g- and right. E- even, even Gabriel, Gabriel Byrne got naked. Next up, Miriam Kerr or Sir C Y R is how you spell it. I'm not sure. She looked like she had the most fun with. She this was role. having a blast, a ball. Like the facial expressions she, she was making, I don't think Jim Carrey is capable of making. Her <laughs> <laughs> face is 
intense. But was she good? No. Well, why? Like, I, I guess, like, what was her character? A drug-fueled maniac? Pretty much. I believed it. A plus. Yeah, I believe that she was a drug-fueled maniac. That's not hard to do, I don't think. If I had to hang my hat on anybody in this movie, I guess it'd be her. Mm-hmm. She was the most entertaining to watch. Right. Everybody else, not so much, I think. And finally, making his triumphant return to Yes That Bad, not since the days of Vanilla Sky, episode five. Have we seen the likes of Timothy Spall? I thought that was going to get something else in this movie with Timothy Spall. Yeah, I expect something from this guy. I was sold a bill of false goods with him in this particular movie because I, I know the- him as Thomas Tip. Let's make this perfectly clear. He's a great actor. Phenomenal. A- incredible guy. Yeah. No, he's a phenomenal actor and this Peter movie- Pettigrew. Right. And he just wasn't bringing it home. I don't know. A little too wacky, I think. Yeah. He's better when he's serious. Kind of. He can he, he can do wacky, though. This was just, I don't know, may- maybe he was like, this movie's bad. He knew it in his he heart. He knew it was bad, so he just didn't, he phoned it in. Always a possibility. A high probability. Yeah. Well, that's pretty much it. Normally, I'd get into the history of uh, this thing, but uh, there's barely any history at all, except that it was nominated for three International Fantasy Film Awards, and it won two of them. Pretty cool, huh? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that's, er- every film is aspiring for the Fantasy Film Awards. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, let's get into gothic. So this movie starts off in typical, yeah, it's that bad style. Scrawling text moving across the screen. Joel, I purposely didn't read this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a true story. Martin is like, I don't care. The movie didn't even start yet. You're like, I don't care. You didn't even look at it. I was the only one who actually read it. <laughs> did it help you understand the movie? It did, actually. It did. It actually set up what was going on. The text that's scrolling on the screen is telling us a tale about how before Mary Shelley wrote Frankenstein. She was hanging out with Lord Byron and they decided to have a little fan fiction contest. (laughs) decide who can write the best fanfic in best, one night. Who can write the best DBZ fanfic. Yeah, I, that's actually what they were doing. And through the years, the characters got replaced. <laughs> yeah, so that's pretty much what happened in this plot is that she goes to Lord Byron's house, her and her buddies, they all decide to write short stories overnight. This sets the groundwork for her to write Frankenstein. There's another guy that Timothy Spall is playing. He goes off to write one of the first vampire novels ever. Amazing literary stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, no, these are, these people that are in this movie, they are literary giants. Powerhouse. Hard hitters. How can we replicate this today? Who would you need to have a drug-fueled bender in a mansion? Gotta get your Stephen King in there. Right. And we need we need a, a woman, right? We, J.K. Rowling. Mm-hmm. And... We need another guy. Tom Clancy. <laughs> <laughs> the Tom Clancy. <laughs> oh, man, that's good. Yeah, so Stephen King, Tom Clancy, and J.K. Rowling have a drunken, <laughs> orgiastic drunken night in a castle. Stephen Stephen King is in recovery. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he was a drug addict, alcoholic. I believe it. He was a psycho-sick lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Well, so anyway, so that's what this, the plot of this movie is about, right? In a nutshell, essentially. Does this actually happen when they're like, they sit down with a quill and paper and they start writing out their short stories? I don't know. I mean, the way that, like, I had known that, I had known this already, that Mary Shelley had wrote Franken, or had begun writing the tale of Frankenstein in Lord Byron's mansion. I had no co- idea. I had, I had known that. But in my head, they were just like all sitting around at like a table, yeah, writing like stuffy. quiet, like <laughs> real, real quiet, like, shh, quiet. 
writing. Yeah. <laughs> like that, that, that is not what, what I got in this movie. Yeah. So the moment these guys get to this house, Lord Byron lives in a palatial estate. Yeah. That, that's fair to say. Yeah. It looked like Versailles. And immediately I had an issue with this movie. I could not hear what anybody was saying for the first 20 minutes. It was all really muffled and low. Yeah. I mean, I felt like that carried through most of the movie. It took a while for me to get acclimated to it. I don't know. It was annoying. I, I just had trouble getting into the movie because I had, I had to like decipher what people were saying from the little bits and pieces that I could hear. And it's not just that, but like they're, they're talking really low. It's hard to hear them. And the things they're saying are this over the top, flowery, Edwardian, Victorian era, whatever. A super ornate speech. I was that, like, huh? <laughs> 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 My uneducated ass in the background yelling at the screen. So all of these, I guess, future horror author giants, they 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 get to this estate. Lord Byron greets them in the traditional way. Yeah, he comes down the stairway in front of a giant portrait of himself and he says, hey guys, thanks for coming by. I don't know anything about Lord Byron, but uh, if this movie is to be believed, Lord Byron was an over-the-top, hedonistic, drug-addicted, psycho-sick lunatic. He's down with the sickness. Yeah, he's, he was pretty disturbed. At first, I thought that he was like giving them wine, but I would be wrong to assume that. Right, Joel? Yeah, they're drinking pure laudanum. Now, Martin, what's laudanum for those who may not know? Laudanum is a uh, alcohol tincture of opium. Yes, you, it's, you, it's, you, that's so good for you to drink as much as you're drinking. Yeah, yeah. It's it's usually, it's, a, it's powdered opium uh, dissolved in 10% alcohol and, I don't know, fruit juice or honey or whatever you want to put in there. Capri Sun. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> liquid cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they're they're chugging this stuff. This sets up an environment for the rest of the movie where they're just going to be on this opium-induced psychosis. Yeah, this entire movie, from beginning to end, is these people running around a mansion, yelling and screaming at each other at the top of their lungs... <laughs> On drugs. That's the whole movie. They're hallucinating left and right, and we're along on the trip. It's weird, though, because it's not a hallucinogenic trip in the traditional sense. So that's the entire movie, pretty much in a nutshell. Just people running around, yelling and screaming, (laughs) and seeing things that aren't there. Which leaves me to try and figure out and extrapolate a a coherent plot and story of this movie. I feel like I'm grasping at, like, a fart cloud in the mist. (laughs) Yeah. I can honestly say that this movie never starts. Is yeah. that fair to say? Like, it never actually starts. I was I was waiting for it to start. I was like, Joel, we're like 25 minutes in. Nothing- When's the plot happen? There is none. There's no plot. There's a lot of nudity. Oh, man. Hey, I like nudity as much as the next guy, right? But I need something to sink my teeth into. And there is no plot in this movie at all. I, I was confused after they, they take the laudanum. Well, they take the laudanum the entire movie. They just keep drinking it. But in the beginning, like, I guess... They're running around from room to room. Like and it was the, in doom or something. Yeah, and, and the trip, I guess, starts when this guy like runs downstairs and he sees this dancing woman, man thing. Was it supposed to be a machine? I guess. He starts undressing it, and what does he see? She has eyes on her nipples. I don't get it. Is, this, is, is there something I missed? You know, when we saw Buckaroo Banzai, that's a movie that when it was over, it went so far over my head. I'm, I was thinking to myself, hey, wait a minute, maybe I'm missing something here, and I wanted to rewatch it. Did you feel that about this? At the end of this movie, I was completely and thoroughly convinced that nothing happened in this movie. And so I wasn't missing anything. It was just an incoherent mishmash hodgepodge of people running around and screaming and cameras cutting in and out to different people screaming. Scream. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Every once in a while, we would get like a sex scene, like Gabriel Byrne is having sex with Timothy Spall, or uh, Gabriel Byrne is, you know, having oral sex with some woman. And, and, like, d- d- and Timothy Spall is slapping a nail that the crucifix was on. And it was provocative and evocative. I have seen one other movie by this director. I, I believe he did Altered States. Yeah, he did. I hate that movie. I saw that movie once and I hated it. So I'm not surprised it's the same guy. This guy likes to do shocking things. For the sake of being shocking, it's boring. Or not. I mean, I don't know. There might be some deeper meaning to these things. That only he knows. I mean, we are both uncultured Yankee doodles. What do we know? I remember when he was performing oral on that woman and Timothy Spald was like slapping a the rusty cruci- nail a rusty on the nail wall. that the crucifix was on. I remember thinking, okay, so like, what, what does this mean? And you're like, it's evocative. And I'm like, what is it evoking? It's evoking itself. Wait, what? Yeah, so we just cut from room to room to room to room to room. Weird thing happening here. Sex scene over there. Gabriel Byrne has sex with his maid and starts like crying for some weird reason. You like that, right? Yeah, I was like, why is he crying? Because he can't get it up. Can't, yeah. <laughs> he wants to eat a worm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's around this point in the movie that I was just, had had enough. And we get uh, a scene where one of the main characters runs up to this woman. She's naked and she says, look into my eyes. And the camera pans down and we see her naked boobs and then... They, they have these claymation, like, prosthetic pieces on her boobs and they there's little slits and then they open up and they're, they're eyes. She has nipple eyes. What do you think they see? <laughs> <laughs> she's 2020 <laughs> nipple vision. <laughs> no, she sees infrared. She's like predator. <laughs> What did you think of that effect? It was good enough for the time period. Do you think that it deserved the award at the Fantasy Film Festival for Best Special Effects? (laughs) Yeah, actually it does. (laughs) (laughs) What did you think of the director's decision to go here? I didn't understand it. I don't understand anything that's going on in this movie at all. At all. This is Buckaroo Banzai 2.0. See, like, for me, Buckaroo Banzai was better than this movie because it had something, like, there was something to it. Yeah, you know, I was- It was, like, self-aware and I didn't know it. I was thinking about it the whole time. Buckaroo Banzai had a plot. Right. Right? So that's a plus. But this movie has, like, 18 orgies in it. So that's a plus. Right. So I don't know where I stand. Buckaroo Banzai had, like, a self-awareness to it. It knew that it was being ridiculous. That's a really good point. This movie This movie was trying to be like art or high art or scary or something. Was it? Like, I don't know what this movie was trying to, like, what what do you think he was trying to accomplish with this movie? I really don't know. I mean, this movie, it's just scene after scene after scene of wacky things. Can you imagine what it must have been like for our sponsor as a young girl? At a sleepover. Yeah. They're having pillow fights and braiding each other's hair. Oh, let's watch a movie. And they pop this in. I don't really know what this movie was trying to do. I think like part of it was trying to shock me and scare me with the violence part of it. But at the same time, I, it just it just wasn't. It wasn't enough. It wasn't like intense enough violence wise to really freak me out. Isn't that like what he's going for? He wants like shock effect, shock value. I, I guess so with all like the sex scenes and the nudity and all this and that and the other. But I guess maybe since we live in the super the <laughs> hyper violent, hyper sex yeah. sexualized 2013, this I'm just like, eh, psst, this out of here. Yeah, we were yawning the whole time. The way this movie ends is just amazing. This review is probably going to end up being super short since it's just like this thing and this thing and this thing and this thing. There's no narrative here. There's no structure. This is like an experimental art film. Right. And so there's nothing for me to like grasp onto, take in and say, okay, this was good or this was bad. This worked or this didn't work. Because at no point are you ever invested in anything. I don't really even understand what I'm looking at. There's nothing definable here for me to relate it to. So I can't say this was good or this was bad. This worked or it didn't. Because I've never really seen 
anything like this. The movie culminates in them freaking out, going completely insane. Then the next morning they wake up and and it's sunny outside. She goes outside and Lord Byron and everybody else is like having a picnic out yeah, there. Yeah, he's having a blast. He's like, oh, 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 oh. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Uh, the doctor who kept, he literally stabbed himself and gave him gave himself a stigmata. He just got his hand bandaged up. He's like, you want some lemonade? And they're like, don't worry, you'll, you'll get used to how we do things here at night. They do this every night? Every single night they run around naked, have orgies, try to kill each other. Night after night after night. And then the the most bizarre thing happens after that scene. We cut to when this movie was made, I guess present day, which is 1986 or 88 or sometime in the 80s. They're playing 80s music. Kids are going through this house where it has historical significance. And there's a boat explaining to tourists the significance that that night had on literature. And it's like, but they created something monstrous that night. And it pans down. In the ocean is a prenatal fetus floating around dead and then the camera zooms in on this dead baby's face freeze frame and then it ends so this baby's been floating in the ocean for a hundred years i guess does it like what who cares and that's it that's gothic right that that was the movie that we saw yeah that that is what we saw correct i think let's find out what the real critics thought of this movie Typical Ken Russell weirdness, Scott Weinberg. I had forgotten just how plain weird director Ken Russell can be. James O. Hearley, movie gurus. And finally, a weird and visually memorable film that Russell fans will love and others will find interesting and at least slightly more accessible than most of his other films. Brian Webster, Apollo Guide. How'd you think about that? What he just said. This is more accessible? This is his most accessible film. Oh my God. All right, man, this has a 50% around tomatoes. Is it really that bad? It's worse. It's worse than 50%. This should have a negative negative 5 million percent. <laughs> there is n- th- this isn't a movie. It's just not. I don't even know what this is. It's like skits with the same characters in the same place. But there's no narrative. It's bizarre. There was, I derided no enjoyment whatsoever from being in the same room that this was being played in. This is just bad, bad. It's not good, bad or anything like that. This, yeah, you, you, you couldn't sit down with your friends and rip this apart because there's nothing to rip apart. There's, there's nothing there. I, I give this movie a solid, the most, one of the most solid one out of fives I could ever give a movie. Yeah, this gets a rock hard one out of five. It's just completely nonsensical. Like on the, the movie poster and on the cover of the DVD, it has this woman laying in bed with this little demon on her chest. Like, <laughs> <laughs> What does that have to do with anything? It's just her having a hallucination. It's not even really there. What's the point? Why uh, even bother? This is kind of like uh, fear and loathing in Las Vegas, right? Like they're running around having drug-fueled hallucinations and stuff. Right. But it's more interesting. At least they're doing stuff, right? Yeah. They're not in the same place. They're interesting characters. Right. This has nothing. The only thing that this movie has that I liked was like, I like the setting was nice. Like the castle they're in is pretty cool. The music that's in this movie, no one's going to care about this at all. At all. Except for me. But the music that's in this movie appeared years later in the sequel to Night Trap, Sega CD game. No one cares about that except for me. <laughs> but yeah, this movie was bad. It was really bad. Is it worse than Buckaroo Banzai? For me, it is. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. But I'm still going to give it a rock hard one out of five. This was one of the worst things ever. It's just such a waste. This movie was a waste of time. Yep, that's the best way to put it. There was This was a couple hours that I'm just never going to get back. And I might as well. There's, there's just nothing redeeming about it. Okay, let's read some listener mail. Gunny writes, 
writes in, he wants to talk about gothic. Oh, cool. After watching this film to completion only moments ago, left with the shot of an undead prenatal fetus <laughs> floating just beneath the surface of a lake, like some kind of baby Jason Voorhees. The review I have to make is, in brief, what the hell was that about? I asked that question as someone who has actually done research into the Romantic period, reading Byron and reciting Shelley's classic poem, Ozymandias, aloud in front of an audience for school back in the day. Basically, all I can say is that I've seen a similar story done much better in the graphic novel Frankenstein's Womb by Warren Ellis, which I hope at least one of you have read. It doesn't rely as much on subjective symbolism and being weird for the sake of being weird. And if you know comics, you know Warren Ellis is quite the talent. He did, after all, write the cool episode of Justice League Unlimited when Batman has to explain that he can't fly at all. Please consider taking the time to find Frankenstein's womb and give the fascinating era in literature and creativity a, a bit more reason reflection. What do you think about that? I'll be willing to give Justice League Unlimited a little bit more reason reflection. I'm glad that this is a guy who's actually a scholar in this. Yes, I'm going to go that far. He is a Lord Byron scholar. And he looked at this movie and he was like, what was the point of that? Okay, it makes me feel a little justified, right? Mike writes in and says, I cannot believe that you guys gave the 13th Warrior such a low rating. It was very entertaining, never boring, and amazing to look at. I'm not saying it was awesome, but the 13th Warrior definitely does not deserve a 33%. Martin's analysis was right on target. <laughs> nice. You guys, while I am confident you know what constitutes a good or not bad film, seriously need to start watching these movies in a higher quality than crappy pixelation on a laptop in bed. Watching a movie in such a less than ideal manner will automatically take you out of the experience and make you appreciate it less. Please, please give them at least half a chance by watching them on a bigger screen with correct movie viewing ambiance. Seriously, I, c- I cannot believe you like the-, the Wicker Man more than this movie. Now, that was boring. The Wicker Man had a lot of Nicolas uh, Cage. The Wicker pun- Man was awesome compared was, to 13th Warrior. It was, freaking, it, it, it was epic. He was punching everyone. He punched a woman in the face. He, he, he wore he a bear a wo- suit. He kicked a woman through a wall. Oh, yeah. Like, remember? <laughs> Let's watch the Wicker Man again. <laughs> Oh, that movie was that movie was great. I'd bump that up to a four after watching this movie we just watched. But no, what about that whole like you watching movies pixelated? I know that you watched um, something else recently that way, pretty poorly in bed at home. I watched uh, I watched The Watchmen in bed at home on my Kindle Fire. But <laughs> I mean, I've seen that movie like four or five times already. Well, like here's a little insight into yes, that Bad World headquarters. Sometimes we can't get movies. Sometimes Netflix doesn't send the right movies. Sometimes Netflix doesn't have it. What are we supposed to do? Or sometimes Blockbuster, the only one that's left in the area, doesn't carry this old obscure movie. We have to produce an episode this week, so what are we going to do? Just say, no, sorry, we can't do it. Yeah, We, we got to have... watch it somehow, right? Yeah, so we have to find it in whatever way we have available to us. So we do the best we can. Like, for example, before Kevin got sick, he told me that Netflix didn't send him Gothic. He couldn't get it. So we were going to watch it together. Right. So, I mean, that we got to do what we got to do, right? We got to produce a show every week. Mm-hmm. You know, got to make a sacrifice. Yeah, dude. I'll go to any life. Quite frankly, I'm really glad I was able to watch Gothic on DVD because I'd be very pissed off if I had to watch this on like YouTube or something. I would not be able to handle it. Okay, Megan writes in and says, I'm not good at conjuring up mental pictures of people, but when I listen to the podcast, my brain pictures Joel as Adam Savage from Mythbusters. Martin looks like Tori from the build team and Kevin is Grant, the robotics guy. I know Joel is too young to be Adam and I'm pretty sure Kevin isn't Asian, but it works for me. I like this one a lot. We're the Mythbusters? Yeah. Who am I? You're the other guy on the Mythbusters. So I'm the guy with the, no. with the mustache? No. I'm the other guy. Yes. With red hair? That's a girl. The bald guy. No. Not the Asian guy. <laughs> 
What an uncultured swine. Because because the Mythbusters are high art. Albatross writes in and says, Hey, I love your podcast. It's the only one I look forward to, but I was interested in your thoughts on 3D movies. Personally, I have never once been wowed by it. I saw Avatar in 3D. Being told that it was a whole new movie-going experience, it was crap. It just seems like a gimmick to make money. It doesn't add anything to the story or the image. Maybe, just maybe, if I'm sitting in the theater watching Goodfellas 3D and a 3D Joe Pesci jumps out of the screen <laughs> and throws me in a 3D trunk and stabs me 73 times with a 3D knife, maybe then, and I'm, as I'm bleeding to death, I'll be like, this 3D is pretty intense. Until then, <laughs> keep 3D to yourself. What do you think of that? Uh, that's awesome. Yeah, I'd like to see Goodfellas 3D. <laughs> Did Joe Pesci throw me into a 3D trunk? Thoughts on 3D? <laughs> I think it's a gimmick. It's I a, hate it. It's a waste I of hate money. It. What was the last 3D movie you saw? Avatar. Avatar and Up, I think, were the last ones I saw. That was it. After that, I was done. I'm like, this is not adding anything to these movies. If anything, it's detracting from these movies, especially Up. It detracted a lot from that movie because cartoons are supposed to be bright and colorful. And when you watch a 3D movie, it's, it's muted. muted like crazy. And it just takes away from the picture. And p- some people have this mindset where it's like, oh, it's better when it's not popping in your face and it just makes it more more real and blah, 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 blah. Then what's the point? I don't know. I want stuff popping out in my face. I want to be like, whoa, look at that. Oh my God. If that's not happening, then what's the point of seeing it? Like if you get used to it and you don't notice it anymore, which is what happened to me with Avatar, Mm -hmm. I just didn't really notice it anymore. Right. What's the point? Uh, Just give me a normal movie that won't give me a headache. Right. Agreed. Okay. Thanks for those emails, guys. If you want to contact us, you can reach us at yeahitsthatbad at gmail.com. Okay. Now it's time to announce next week's movie. And next week's movie is a gift from heaven, Martin. A oh. gift. Uh, did you say gif? <laughs> it's an animated gif of a, of a guy dancing around. Sure. Uh, oh, cool. We're going to be watching the classic Point Break. <laughs> Brody. How many times have you seen this? Four trillion times? times? I know Kevin has seen it ten times more than you. <laughs> I'm the Point Break virgin. What? what? So this is going to be insane. I can't wait for this. You've never seen it? I've only seen bits and pieces of it. I've never seen it in its entirety. What a coincidence. I'm going surfing tomorrow. Surfing in the snow. Get it. Okay, tune in next week and we'll be watching Point Break. Hey, if you like what you've heard, please consider subscribing. We have a new episode every Tuesday. Please help spread the word of the show by liking us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash bad. Please leave us a positive review on iTunes. Those five-star reviews really do help with the show. If you can follow the show on Twitter at bad, you can follow Martin at Martin. you can follow Kevin at Kev, and you can listen to the show on your mobile devices via Stitcher. Thanks for listening to the show. See you next time. Do you need some heat on your face? Because I, <laughs> I could teabag you, no problem. <laughs> yeah, one person for each socket. Your left socket, I'll drop it on your right. You have to get like footstools or something? Yeah, you just drop it on your face. This is pretty good. Yeah, one part of my day was looking for furniture. I got the crib, I need a dresser now. You stuff? Yeah. Did you get one of those like um, combo changing table slash? No, we're just we're not getting a changing table. We're just gonna changing table slash like mobile thing attached. <laughs> Change to the baby it. on the kitchen table. We're just gonna take. <laughs> while you're eating we're gonna get it. <laughs> we're gonna get a, a dresser that's like the height of a changing table, so we only have to get one. What, that tickles you? He's sitting there eating his oatmeal yeah. <laughs> right next to him. He's like, he's eating a grilled cheese and tomato soup. And it's just like, This <laughs> <laughs> It's a compromise we have to make. Oh, God, that's awesome. I'm not going to feel like changing diapers. So I'm just going to keep the kid in like the sink or the tub. <laughs> just completely naked so it pisses it in there. 
I don't have a diaper to change, right? Are you are you gonna are you gonna do cloth diaper? I've heard stories of cloth diaper. Yeah, it's here like, it's the way to go. Like you're gonna save like billions. It's not accurate. You run, run the numbers. Yeah, you don't want to have to have to wash poo out of. No, yeah, it's it's not it's not cost effective as, as much as people say. Really, it basically runs even. Yeah, in the book that I read, how is that possible? There's all kinds of stuff that people don't consider when it comes to the cloth diapers. Like washing machine. Yeah, like washing them, and like if you don't want to be the one that's washing them, you have to pay a service to wash them. Yeah, but are you paying a service to wash your diapers? No, but I don't know that I'm going to want to... I'm not going to have the time to wash those How much things. is a diaper packet? They're not... They're expensive, but you get a lot in them. You go to Costco, right? Amazon. Hey, what are you going to spring for the premium diapers or you're not sure yet? When you say premium, what do you mean by that? Like there's like organic know, diapers. I'm not. Screw that. I mean, the one <laughs> the one that's like very comfortable for your kid, maybe make them a little less him or her, a little less fussy. I don't even know. I, don't, I honestly don't know. Better hope that baby's not colicky. Yeah, I'm hoping. Or else you ain't going to get too much sleep. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to get much sleep to begin with, but... You should puree asparagus yeah, and get your baby, baby to drink sh- it. I, that man, nice, the piss that was nice so... piss stink. Man, baby asparagus piss? That's Ooh, probably... Man. Powerful. I could probably bottle that and sell it to people. <laughs> people eat placenta, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, I'm going to do no, that. No, I know that. That you got to do. Like, that's not even a question, right? <laughs> As soon as it comes out, I just grab it. Yeah, yeah, you won't give a chance. You don't give a chance to throw it away. What you are slap you doing? the nurse's hand away. Get out of here. Unhinge your jaw. You're going to slide that. <laughs> you gave the baby's powers. I'm as strong as one baby. <laughs> Which is not very strong. Yeah, I know. Did you, uh, are you gonna, are you gonna spring for saving the umbilical cord and the associated stem cells? You know, you have to pay for that? You do. You do. What? <laughs> what do you mean, what? Yeah, you have to, they, they cost money to do that. What, for you to keep it? To keep it, yeah. Otherwise, what would they do? What, they would just throw it in the trash can otherwise? Yeah, yeah but you're, cry- what are you paying for? You're cryogenically storing yeah, the freaking they, stem cells. They cryogenically freeze it. That's a load. That's a load of junk. No, it's not. They use it. Oh, 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 oh. you mean to use it later? Yeah. Oh, what? You thought that he just wanted to bring it home and just have it? Like, don't people people do that? Don't they? Don't they keep like a piece of the umbilical cord yes. or something? Like, yeah, like, it's like all free. <laughs> it's all dehydrated and like crispy no, no, no. and jerky. It, no, I'm you, sure you someone can, does it's that. It's like beef jerky. No, there's a piece. Yeah, you save it for a snack later. Yeah, I'm so, t- so hungry. No, there's a little piece attached to the baby still. When they want me to cut the umbilical cord, I'm just gonna go in with my teeth, <laughs> Tom Green style. <laughs> No, yeah, you could save the cord blood and the, you know the, the stem cells the stem basically. Cells it, yeah. So later in life, if the kid needs it, it's available. Oh, for your own sick experimentation. <laughs> you said stem cells. I was looking for. I couldn't find stem cells on the open market. So no, God, it's I, when, I, I when, recruit my wife to make them. When, my, when I want my kid to be a professional athlete, they can blood dope do, with their dope. own. St- oh stem my God! Cells. Back when his blood was the purest <laughs> <laughs> infancy. <laughs> It's the super steroid. <laughs> That's Lance Armstrong's secret, right? Baby blood. He's, in- he's just injecting it. You're going to inject stem cells right into his muscles so they, re- they, they, they grow just like a, a newborn. <laughs> Baby doping. But yeah, it's like, um, I think it's like $1,000 all in to do that. Yeah, it's not. Which it's not isn't as much as I thought. My uncle did it um, with his three kids. Mm-hmm. By the way, you realize th- we're like doing an after dark, basically. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, it's fine. It, it's like happened. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't plan this, but it happened. <laughs> So, Kevin, are you officially announcing you're, you're having you're, a baby? Your run for I'm having a baby. Whoa! Oh! Oh! No one saw this coming. <laughs> <laughs> what a shock. And you chose this show to announce it. Yes. We feel honored. <laughs>
this show that just all of a sudden started happening. By the time this episode comes out, the baby's long born. <laughs> the baby's married. It's three years old. <laughs> yeah. Your baby has a 401k. How much has this baby cost you so far? Um, I know you run the numbers. 30. Follow the money, Kevin. How much has it cost me to date? 40,000. Follow the money. About $200. Gee, baby. Well, I, wa- I wanted to make sure that there was going to be someone there to pick up for me on the podcast when I eventually die. <laughs> I want the podcast to go into infinity. Yeah, our sons <laughs> are conscripted. They don't have a choice. They have to keep going. <laughs> we made a deal. We all have to continue to, to procreate until we all have sons. Yeah. We can carry on this legacy. So yeah, all I have so far is, is a few baby books and a crib and a mattress. What do you expect while you're inspecting? Yeah, I got that. Uh, is, it very infor- is it very informative? Is, I'm not reading that. Is it better than the movie? I've never seen the movie, but I, I, don't know how, I don't know how the book can compete. I then it's weed in it. Yeah. This is similar to Knocked Up, right? Your life? In almost no way at all. Okay. <laughs> except except the baby part. Yes, the baby part is accurate. You you know, you're a happy-go-lucky guy like Seth Rogen though, right? Uh, yeah, I'm happy-go-lucky. Sure. How close is this pregnancy to baby's day out? It's Hopefully it's closer to baby's geniuses. <laughs> One or two. What about Luke who's One. talking? Three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the baby is a dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Weren't you going to get a dog? There's talk, right? No. You wanted one, though. I love dogs, and I would like a dog, but I'm not going to get one anytime soon. I heard you said, must love dogs to yeah, your that's, wife that's when you met her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what happened. Is that how you asked her out? You're like, must love dogs. She's like, yeah, I'll go to the movies with you. All right. What was the first movie you took her to? Remember? Um, I tried to take her to Castaway, but it was all sold out. So I got stuck seeing Miss Congeniality. Ooh. Which is a movie you own, right? To this day? Uh, I don't think so. Maybe. I don't know. I refute you. Why shaking your heads at me? <laughs> I tried to make a Castaway. Ah. It was sold out. You're not proving your worth as a man, provider. Wait, how does Castaway prove his worth as <laughs> a provider? <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know how to schedule things. <laughs> what? But now I guess you've you learned your lesson. I sure have. Do you own Castaway at least? No. But you own Miss Congeniality? I don't think I own Yeah, he does. He does. I he does. He does. I don't Absolutely. I don't how think do you I know do. what movies he owns. I've seen his collection. I don't think I do. I don't I don't I don't. Yeah, I can hear that. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds too. like you're dropping beans in a heaving pad around the microphone. Ocean. <laughs> the ocean doesn't sound anything like that. Ocean sounds nothing sounds like, like that. Sounds like the desert. <laughs> sounds like someone's just like walking through like sand. What does it sound like? Sounds like someone upstairs is having sex. Yeah, what? What kind of sex are you listening yeah, you're, you're to? you're doing it wrong. <laughs> listening in on people having sex. <laughs> you're doing that way wrong. <laughs> That's still happening. Maybe to it's a man apartment? having sex with a. It hasn't. I'm a little concerned. Uh oh. Is the relationship over now? Yeah, I don't know. He's in trouble in paradise. You gotta stick it when you can, right? <laughs> That's how I live my life. This <laughs> is my motto. <laughs> you know me, guys. Bob and weave. <laughs> stick it in when you can. 